Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you want to see the world. The Life Giver app with Corey Weathers is available for iOS and Android devices. You'll have access to the podcast, videos, as well as marriage curriculum that you can access and interact with right inside the app. Download the Life Giver app with Corey Weathers today. Welcome to another episode of the Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey Weathers, and if you have been following along on the podcast and listening to it, you may have noticed that I took a little bit of a break, a little bit of a sabbatical, I like to call it, and um, this is actually the second sabbatical that I've taken from the podcast, and um, contrary to what other people do in the podcast space where it's completely the wrong thing to do to take a break um, from podcasting and that you need to make sure that you have a great schedule that your listeners can rely on, um, I have gone against popular um, tradition and marketing advice to take certain sabbaticals to make sure that I am giving you good quality content and that I'm taking care of myself. And so hopefully that wins over whether or not I'm doing the right marketing strategies. And so I wanted to kind of talk with you guys today a little bit about um, where I've been and what I've been doing. Um, and then a, also a topic that I believe is hitting a lot of families, including uh, my own life. And as you guys know, I try to be really vulnerable on this podcast, especially on things that I believe that resonate with all of you. And um, so there's a couple things that I wanted to just start off with on um, sharing with you my vision for this podcast. I like to regularly do that um, because I believe that this podcast is a little bit different than what you might be listening to elsewhere. And I feel like sometimes it's good to explain that. So number one, um, there's a huge temptation in the podcast world to have sponsors and I could have sponsors on this podcast in fact I've even tried it a couple times if you've listened before um, I had a talk space that sponsored a series and um, you know I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about um, sponsoring and having people come in and sponsor and what I realized is that number one I am not a gifted salesperson and something tells me you guys do not listen to this podcast because of what I may or may not be selling you um, my gifting is an encouragement. Um, counseling, you know, definitely plays a role in that. And I am just not a salesperson and I am okay with that. And if I tried to sell anything, um, it just never comes across right, at least not um, within me and how I feel about it. So one thing that I'm very proud of about this podcast is that there are no advertisements, maybe the occasional um good idea or good book that I've come across or if I'm um, maybe saying something about sacred spaces and referencing that um, but there's no sponsors and I hope you guys are okay with that but I just think that probably you're wanting to listen to this and not have commercials interrupt the conversations and that sort of thing so that's something that I'm really proud of. 
Um, the other thing is that, you know, I want to make sure that this podcast stays authentic. And so sure, I would love to run myself into the ground with topics and um, always having a topic twice a month. But in reality, you know, life can be crazy. And I think that I've found, especially recently, that it's really important to take care of yourself. And sometimes sabbaticals or time off can give, I know me and my brain time to think through what do I want to say and what am I hearing in the culture and in the community that's important to you and not just coming up with things to say just because it's time to say something and so hopefully you see that that's different about this podcast as well that um, even if I take a short break and I try my best to make sure I give you a heads up on that that that's why if I find myself out of things to say especially if it's during a season like I went through recently where I was traveling a lot speaking a lot um, sometimes I come home from that and need to recover and I just have no more words and rather than put you through an episode where I'm struggling to speak or think. Um, I just think it's important to take a break where you need to take a break. So um, I don't even know, as of the recording of this episode, I don't even know um, if the sabbatical is over. I just felt like I probably needed to go ahead and put an episode out, especially considering what I've learned about myself lately. Um, So I think that I'll be able to be putting out some episodes twice a month, but here's the thing. We are PCSing next month in December, so there's a really good chance, and it's probably a really good idea that I'm not going to commit to having two episodes put out during the month of December when we're trying to move and it's the holidays and all of that, but we will see. Um, If I'm able to maybe do them in advance, maybe I'll be able to um, send that to you, so we'll find out. Um, So... Uh, I wanted to give you a little bit of a background because I think this leads into the topic today of why I took a sabbatical. And I just want to say as a heads up that this is a Sunday afternoon, um, really for real a Sabbath. And so if you hear my kids in the background there in the next room watching TV and this is real life and, you know, I just thought, you know what, this is just what it is and I'm not going to try to make it perfect. So if you hear a little bit of background noise, that's what's going on. And I am totally okay with that and I have a feeling you are too. So, um... A little bit of backstory on why the sabbatical. So many of you have already listened to the episode where I address compassion fatigue. And um, that was something that I decided to do an episode on when I was in a place of burnout, where I found myself for real with compassion fatigue. And that's a common feeling for a lot of caregivers. And I don't mean caregivers of wounded warrior kind of caregiver. I mean like professional caregivers. So um, nurses, mental health professionals, pastors, those that are um, giving a lot of themselves an effort to serve other people can find themselves um, with compassion fatigue where you have given so much of yourself all throughout the week um, or during a very heavy season. Uh, Maybe you've been dealing with a lot of really heavy topics, um, heavy stories from other people's worlds, and you find yourself in a place of compassion fatigue fatigue where, and that's a great episode for you to go back and listen to if you think that that's you, but you really find yourself in a place where it's, it's, you're finding it more challenging to be compassionate where you normally would be compassionate and sensitive to somebody else. You kind of find yourself a little more irritable and short and uh, maybe even comparing someone else's suffering to someone else, at least in your mind where you're like, that can't be a big deal because I know this person over here is going through something far worse and you can just sense the irritability behind that. So I was sensing that in my own life. 
And so I did an episode on compassion fatigue and I actually got a lot of feedback from a lot of you guys out there who um, realized that you were in a similar place. And so I was really glad that I did that. But I had found myself in this place of burnout back then and really, and it might have even been the last time that I did take a sabbatical was when I was really like, you know what, I need to take care of myself if I find myself in a place of compassion fatigue. Well, about probably four months ago, maybe less than that, um, I found myself for real, even worse than before in a place of burnout that um, really took me by surprise. And to be honest, um, I did about that time when the compassion fatigue episode came out, I did start some self-care. I did um, try to set some good boundaries in my life and really try to make sure I'm getting to the gym or going for those runs. And so I, I started the process of implementing more self-care. Um, but I think that there was also these other things that I didn't know how to handle that continued for me down a track um, of towards burnout. And so there was one particular day, my husband was um, sitting across the table from me at Panera, um, which is, those of you who know our story, it's just kind of our place. It's everywhere we move, we can find a Panera and it feels like home. And so we were having breakfast or lunch there and we were just kind of catching up and talking and I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but at one point we were talking about just how I was doing in general and I was really tired, like emotionally tired, mentally tired. Um, and I was definitely, I'd been traveling a lot and kind of getting to a place where I was like, I really want to take a break, um, and not travel quite so much. And I was feeling guilty, that mom guilt of, man, I really don't want to leave home. I want to be home and be a productive mom and wife. And, um, so I just was feeling just a lot of shame and guilt and all that non-productive feelings. Um, but probably productive in the sense of a red flag. And I, said something to him and I can't remember what the words are but I do remember the feeling that I was just very short and I wasn't directing at him but I just was tired of the hurt in the world tired of the need that was constantly around me and it was this big wake-up moment for me where I realized number one I'm not being I'm not the person in that moment I was not the person that I know that I really am at my best it's not somebody that I want to be Um, This person who's snappy and negative and frustrated and at her wit's end is not who um, I want people to see me as, especially my family members. And so it was a huge wake-up call. And I think I also, in that moment, realized that no matter how much effort I put out into the the world and around me and the podcast and writing articles and doing counseling sessions and all of that, no matter how much I was doing... um, I was starting to get discouraged feeling like I wasn't even making a dent. In fact, I was getting even more need directed at me, right? Because when you start doing what it is that you're good at and you start trying to um, do everything that you can to meet the needs of other people, the needs of the world don't end. Like they just keep coming. And in fact, if you're really good at it, um, they multiply your direction. And then you find yourself overwhelmed and that's all you see everywhere. And I think that's where I was, was. So that was the beginning, I believe, of realizing that I was really for real this time, really in a place of burnout. And there was, it was time for some change in my life. Um, 
if you've listened to this podcast since the beginning, um, you might have even be, been able to kind of follow my journey. Um, I've tried to be very authentic with all of you about my journey along the way, not in every episode, but just every now and then this is where I'm at and this is kind of how I'm feeling and lessons learned and that sort of thing. And so um, a lot of this came from a very swift like um, experience of being thrown into the spotlight and having really wonderful opportunities, but really not being taught ahead of time how to handle those opportunities and how to have good boundaries for yourself and for other people. And, um, and, you know, it's hard to say no when really good things are coming your way. And for a lot of us out there, especially if you're a Christian family, especially if you're a Christian woman, um, when good things happen, you find yourself thinking that it's all God, um, that only God would be sending these good opportunities. And I think that I kind of fell in that trap a little bit and realized that, wow, um, yeah, I'm way too stressed for this to be God. Uh, you know, so something's going on and I need to figure out the difference between me, um, God, maybe even the enemy. Um, but this is, this can't be my life. And this is surely not who God wants me to be. And this is surely not what he wants for me to be, um, or what he wants my life to look like. So this was the beginning of me asking some really good questions. And so, um, I decided to take a sabbatical, um, to take a break. And one of the things that I did Um, was I decided that I was going to make a list of everything that I was involved in, not just a to-do list. I'm talking about all the projects that I was involved in, all the people groups that I was a part of that um, was just taking some of my energy here or there and streamline those down and pretty pretty much just say I'm taking a break. If I'm not um, contracted right now, meaning like you're paying me or I have a contract that I have to fulfill, then I'm putting everything on pause just so that I can gain some clarity. Um, And that was kind of the first step of me kind of getting or trying to get this clarity. Um, So also, it was also a good idea to take this sabbatical because I was entering into another traveling season and there was really no way for me to be home and really putting a lot of creative energy into the podcast. And so... Um, I decided to take a break from the podcast because, again, I'm not having sponsors to this. It's not something that I'm contracted or make money. This is my hobby, and this is um, my gift to all of you, really. It's my way of serving serving you with my gifting. And so it was kind of one of those things I had to kind of set aside. So um, during that time, there was a ton going on. Um, Our family went to Disney for about nine days and went completely off the grid, um, which was very strategic. That was one of my ways to just kind of clean slate, cold turkey, just um, go off the grid completely, no checking email, no social media, nothing. Um, And then I went to, uh, there was an empowered spouses retreat with the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation where I had a great time facilitating a weekend with 20 military and first responder spouses. Always a joy to do that trip where we take them to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And we really just give them a chance to get away from all the stress, which you can hear this is good for me as well. Um, But getting away from all the stress, no connectivity or cell phone reception, and really just um, learning how to to do archery and shotgunning. We went for hikes. Some of them went to the springs. Um, Just was some downtime to talk about self-care and learning how to set those boundaries. And so, of course, that was perfect timing in my life as well. And then, of course, the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation, we have successfully launched Um, a new program called Mastering Your Marriage, where it is a six-month, it's on a pilot launch right now, so it's not public for everybody yet, but it is a six-month curriculum-based journey for military and first responder couples 
to make their marriage better, which is super exciting. But that also involved a couple of trips out to Texas to launch that. And again, these are all blessings and things that have been super exciting. But of course, I was going away from home to do that. And then um, recently, I also went to Fort Drum where I did a PWC um, Strength Finder event where that's one of my favorite things to do, honestly, is to speak to a lot of military spouses and talk about what you're good at and discovering what you're good at and your purpose and what God's purpose is for your life. And again, here's that theme again of learning how to set boundaries around that to protect that. And this has just been a continuing theme for me. And I see it in, in other people's lives as well, as far as we say no, or we say yes to almost anything around us that seems good, especially if we think that it's from God. And so then we overcommit and we find ourselves burned out and exhausted, wondering, is this really the way that God wants us to live our lives? And so um, this was just a theme even throughout my sabbatical. So it was a good time for me to kind of take a step back and really learn this about myself. And of course, I think the peak of this entire sabbatical was the weekend that I sat and read um, Present Over Perfect. Um amazing book that was such a great book for this point in my life in fact I'm going to read it a second time just because the messages in there are so um, needed in my life right now and I, I just can't it's not a super biblical book as far as getting into scripture really in a deep heavy way and and some of you out there are craving that and looking for that so this book is a little bit more on the surface but if you're looking for permission to be more present in your life um, learning how to say no and go through that stage of saying no to others um, this is a very powerful book and I really um, I really loved it but again if you're craving something really deep and meaty um, you're probably it's probably not a great time for you to read that book so my brain had been so deep into heavy thinking and heavy topics it was kind of refreshing it was kind of like a, a nice cold drink of water on a hot day um, that was easy to read and, and easy to follow and I think my brain needed that so um, that's where I've been that's what I've been doing and that is somehow a sabbatical meaning taking time off <laughs> but I really um, I really have been learning how to take that time off and of course we're getting ready to move so the next month nothing is scheduled in fact I don't have anything in the books for next year and I've done that on purpose because my husband's job is changing and he asked he said you know I don't know this is what he said Matt said I don't know what my job is going to look like or how much, you know, I, he, we think he's going to be needed a whole lot more during this assignment. And so my first and foremost priority is to make sure that I can create a peaceful home for him and support him in the job that he's doing and to not necessarily have it revolve around me. And so we are preparing to kind of reset our roles a little bit once we move. And this is kind of the precursor to that. So if you are listening to this when it launches, we are in November and um, we move next month. And so what I wanted to talk with you guys today is really this idea about the temptation to do good. And, um, you know, we live in a world where there is plenty of ways to do good. In fact, millennials um, are one of the generations nowadays that is really more motivated by doing good than probably any other generation we've had before. In fact, most of them start jobs because they want to make a difference in the world. They want to be the good in the world. They want to get involved with charities. They want to get involved with philanthropy. I can't ever say that word, philanthropy. Um, they want to do something that has meaning and brings them purpose. And that is awesome. I love that. Um, because 
you know, I think that it's important to know what you're good at and, and find that sense of purpose. It's something that I go around and speak on everywhere or preach on pretty much. So I think it's important for us to know what our purpose is. Um, but at the same time, I think that, you know, some of the millennials I've heard will make that decision to do something meaningful, even over, you know, something that like how much money they're going to make, where they would rather live paycheck to paycheck if it brings meaning than actually have those financial goals that are healthy. And so that you can see that there's areas of extremism on that. You know, when I think about my personal generation, um, we went to college and we kind of went in with that mentality of what do I love to do? What do I want to do when I grow up and I can be anything that I want to be, which we now know isn't always possible just because I want to be an astronaut doesn't necessarily mean I can be an astronaut. Um, my brother wanted to be a pilot and then his eyesight wasn't good enough to be a pilot. So this idea of you can be anything that you want to be, um, isn't necessarily true, but my generation going into college, that was kind of our mindset. You know, I went in as a major in music and then at some point realized, I don't know if I want to do this forever just because I enjoy it doesn't mean it's the right job for me. Well, then I have a sister who's 14 years younger than me. And my sister, it was just a different generation. She went through college and it wasn't about what you love to do. This was when um, the economy was really struggling. And for that generation, they were more so getting degrees in the kinds of uh, majors or degrees that would definitely give you a job on the other side. So there was things like marketing and specific types of marketing. And um, even the degree program sounded different from what I, when I had gone through school. And it was all wrapped around not what did you enjoy, but what could actually get you a job. And so it's interesting to hear how millennials now um, really just want to have a sense of purpose. So um, I want to talk today about more of how we are tempted into doing good things and how this can be a real temptation that can actually cause a lot of destruction. And um, this is kind of new for me because I always thought of temptation as being something that was destructive, like moral failings, um, pornography, infidelity, um, the temptation to steal, the temptation to lie, those, these destructive um, <clears throat> behaviors that can really destroy a relationship or destroy a family. And so it was only recently that, um, I think it might've been Matt that has, you know, I speak a lot on here about how important it is to listen to your spouse when they're trying to speak truth into your life, how you really need to kind of perk those ears up and listen when your spouse is trying to tell you something about yourself because they can see things that you can't. And, um, <clears throat> there was one day that Matt said something to me about, he was like, I don't think that you're the kind of person that gets tempted with, you know, really bad negative things. He said, I think that you're more so tempted by good and doing more good things and that keeps you busy. And then the more busy you are, the more overwhelmed you get. And then the more that you can't be all things to all people and that that can be equally destructive. And that like a huge like light bulb went off in my head. Like, yes, because I don't feel like I'm tempted to do anything destructive. I know what those things are. I know what those behaviors are. And I don't even, 
you know, when they say the phrase, I don't give the devil a foothold on that. Like I don't even, it doesn't work on me. And so I thought I was doing, you know, pretty good, which is pretty prideful. Um, I thought I was doing pretty good. And then when I had, you know, took this step back and looked at my life that day at Panera and just seeing who I had become, I realized that I had allowed so much quote good in my world, um, thinking that maybe it was from God that I, it was causing a lot of destruction in my life. Um, beginning with me, myself, and who I could have been for my family. So um, to kind of walk you through what I went through, I wanted to share with you um, that I went to, you know, the first things that went through my mind was, um, you know, Jesus came and was tempted in all the ways that we were tempted. And, um, you know, scripture says that he went through all the things that we could have ever gone through so that we could relate to him and to show that he could relate to us. And so I started to think on this and think, you know, okay, um, where was Jesus tempted? Because he was not someone that sinned because he's God. So he was able to get through that temptation and that's supposed to model for us how to get through our temptation. So when I thought about it, I actually went to Matthew 4, and I'm going to read through uh, Matthew 4 for you and talk with you about when Jesus himself was tempted and what we can pull from this. And so there's so much that we can pull from this this certain part of scripture and lots of people have, you know, pulled in different directions, what we can learn from the scripture. And that's, what's amazing about scripture anyways, is that it's alive and that you, that God is constantly teaching us out of it. Um, but I don't want us to necessarily talk about who Jesus was, um, and, this test that he kind of passed as far, of course he was going to pass it, but we're not going to necessarily get into the theology of Jesus and and him being the Messiah and that sort of thing. I really wouldn't want us to instead kind of look at this from the perspective of, um, you know, I seriously doubt that Jesus was tempted to, maybe he was tempted to do some bad things, you know, what we traditionally call bad, but I think that the enemy or the devil understands what, tempts us the best. Like, I think he knows what our silver bullet is. And I don't think he's going to waste his time tempting us with things that don't work. You know, I mean, if he's going to tempt me to steal something, why waste that energy? He knows that's not going to work. But if he puts an opportunity in front of me, or if he, you know, if I'm at a PWC or if I'm at a small group or at a church or something, and I see that they need a leader or they need a volunteer and, you know, I'm feeling guilty for turning my back and walking away because I don't have room for that in my life. That is a temptation that's actually going to work. And I think that, um, I think that Satan was the same way with Jesus. I think why waste his time trying to tempt him with things that don't work. And so many of the times that we see it in scripture, um, this relationship and the dynamics that were happening between the two of them, it really seems that Satan was trying to do what he felt like would work on Jesus. And that was tempting him to be different from what he was supposed to be, um, but in ways that were good. And so, um, okay, so this is what it says, temptation of Jesus. Um, Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted. This was right after he was baptized, by the way. Um, And it says he was tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. So let's stop there for a second. So this is, um, he is in a position where he is um, not his 100% best, 
Okay, so if we're going to relate to this, um, this is him in human form. He's he's fully human, fully God. We all agree with that. Um, But he in human form is not going to be his 100%. His brain, you know, maybe is not functioning as well as it normally would if he was fed and if he wasn't hungry. So the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And let's, we'll get to the answer here in just a second. So here's the one thing. This is what he tempts him with. If you are the son of God, so if you are who you say you are, then tell these stones to become bread. The enemy knew that he was hungry. The enemy knew that he wasn't his 100% and that there was going to be a craving inside of him to um, sustain himself, to feed himself. And so he's basically saying, if you are who you say you are, then feed yourself. Like, do this miracle and then give your body what you need. And really, when I when we look at how can we relate to this, um, no, we aren't God and good thing we're not. But as human beings, we find ourselves in positions all the time where we may not feel like we are at our best, that we're hungry for something. Maybe we're hungry for community. Maybe we're hungry for time to sleep or time to be quiet and still. Whatever, whatever that is that we're hungry for, that this is a temptation to... Um, supply that yourself, to take care of yourself, to rely on your own strength and not need anybody, not need God, and just um, have that pride to think that you can feed yourself. And I don't know about you, but I think our community, the military and first responder community, that we are really tough people. Um, I've heard people say, you know, military um, veterans and first responders are tough people doing a tough job, and they're usually going to marry tough women. Right. And so if that's true, we all are independent. We all kind of know how to handle ourselves or know how to handle the home or handle our jobs. And none of us want to appear weak at all. But, you know, when we get into a crisis, when we get into a place where we really need to reach out for help and we find ourselves going, you know what, I can handle it myself. I can um, I can feed myself. I can just go a little bit longer, push a little bit harder. Um, I can take care of this and I'm not going to listen to anybody else. I think that we'd find ourselves in trouble, but that's a huge temptation, isn't it? It's a temptation to go, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm just going to sleep it off tonight and then I'll be fine. Or I'm going to just, um, you know what, if I feel like I need to volunteer, then that's probably from God. So I'm just going to go ahead and volunteer. And so I'm relying on my own mental capacity, even in a depleted state. I'm relying on my own mental capacity to decide what is right and what is good and what is wise right now. And so if I feel like I need to volunteer for something because, you know, it's going to cause psychological or emotional pain for me to say no to that person and disappoint them, that I would just rather give instead. And that's relying on our own strength and it's feeding ourselves instead of going to God or going to somebody that's godly in our life and saying, what do you think? Do you feel like that that's a role that I should fill or that that's something that I should do because chances are your spouse and other people around you are going, I think you're doing enough. I mean, I think that you should stop, you know, but we're not going to listen to them, right? We're going to feed ourselves. We're just going to say, I got this. I can handle it. So that was the first temptation. And of course, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on the every word that comes from the mouth of God. But this comes, this hunger that we have inside ourselves comes from a very deep place of um, needing God in our life to be God instead of us being God. And for us to recognize that we need him, that we, when we do it by ourselves, we really screw it up. That even these good opportunities, we're going to screw our life up if we say yes to everything, if we feed ourselves or we think that we know best. 
Um, that was the original sin, by the way, is that if we ate from the tree of life, we would know, we would see good and evil. And we are not built for that. We are not built to contain that in our minds and in our hearts to know good and evil. And that's why it's so overwhelming for us. And so for us to think that we can um, discern every situation of whether or not it's the right thing for us to do or the wise thing to do at the time, um, we're going to get it really wrong. And that's what I was seeing in my own life. I was saying yes to a lot of things and then putting a stamp on it saying it must be from God, only to realize that I was saying yes to a lot of things that I thought were the right thing to do. And I wasn't going to God and actually relying on the bread from only from him, the knowledge from him, the um, guidance, the every word from him that would actually give me the permission to say no because he probably would have said to me your family is most important that those people can find someone else to do this or that or you're not going to destroy everything if you say no that's probably what I would have gotten from him all right let's take a look at the second one um, the second one, the devil uh, took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple if you are the son of God Again, this is where he points out, if you are who you say you are, and that's a whole other thing we could talk about, right? I think the enemy is always like, if you really are as good as you think you are, if you really are a good wife, if you really are a good volunteer, if you really are a good mom, you would do this or that. If you were a good mom, you would t- you would sign them up for all these activities, your kids, and run them all over town. If you were a good mom, you could handle that. If you were a good mom, you could be stretched thin all week long and still have plenty to offer later. And the fact that you don't means you're not doing something right. So um, if you were a good um, woman, let's say, then you would take on a full-time job and try to be a mom at the same time. And anybody who doesn't like that, they're just not letting you be your, you know, the fullest potential that you can be. Again, good opportunities, um, really tasked or um, targeted towards challenging you and your self-worth and what you think of yourself. So again, he's, he's saying, if you are who you say you are, he said, throw yourself down Again, he took him to um, the holy city and he was standing on the highest point. Um, and he goes, throw yourself down. He said, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike a foot against a stone. In this one, I really feel like what the enemy is trying to tempt Jesus with is this idea of influence and authority. Now we know that Jesus already had that influence and authority, but in a place where he is hungry and in a place where he is, um, I don't think he's questioning who he is, but he's being faced with, he's about to enter a season of living out his purpose. And he needs to be very clear and sure of who he is and what he is there to do. And so the enemy is going to try to confuse that. And so in this position, he's saying, you know, be this, be God early, basically is what he's saying. Be that person that you um, are not supposed to be yet you know, lean on the authority and influence of who you really are, but do it now. Don't wait until the right timing. And so I, when I think about this and how this relates to the temptation to do good things or be pulled away from our purpose, um, I think of a couple things. One, I think sometimes we want to have a level of authority and influence 
um, right now when really it's not the right time. And so we find ourselves, well, I'll speak for myself. I find, I found myself doing things, trying to build the influence, um, in good ways, right? Whether it was marketing, whether it was putting things out, saying yes to certain opportunities to build that influence. Um, again, I'm not a salesperson and that was exhausting to do something that you're not really good at doing. And so it was trying to build something up that needs to happen naturally and it needs to happen in God's timing. And so again, this, who do you think you are really was testing this idea of, did I think that I was better than God, that I knew better than God, that my timing was better than his timing. And so I found myself being tempted to build my influence, um, faster than maybe what God would have originally wanted. Because I think that when God wants to build your influence, um, I think that he does it naturally in a, at a pace that you can handle. Now, that doesn't mean that things aren't going to be stressful sometimes or you're not going to have to work hard because um, you have to. Um, but I think in my life, something that I struggle with in general is I grew up with this idea that I needed to be a good steward of the talents and gifts that were given to me. And this was like a theme that was kind of brought up in my life Um many times in my upbringing. So I had a stepdad who was a minister of music and he taught me wonderfully well. So I'm not saying that I wish he wouldn't have taught me this, but it was just a very strong message that I was taught. And it was a good thing that I took to an extreme, but he taught me that I needed to put the work in. Like I couldn't just show up um, on that day of an event or speaking or singing or whatever and just show up and expect things to be great. I needed to do my homework. I needed to do my practicing if I was in music or whatever. And so if I was a good steward of my time and energy, then God would meet me there. And I'm so glad that he taught me that. And then I remember also being in college um, when I was a minister or I was a music major at the time. And I remember one of my professors saying the same message, and that was be a good steward. Make sure you do your practicing, your homework. Don't just show up and think that you're going to pass that test or whatever. And so this was a theme that continued to echo in my life. And I'm so glad that I had it because it taught me great work ethic. But I think the enemy also knew that that would be a temptation for me, that if I started to rely on my own self and my my own work ethic, that I would find myself um, burned out and exhausted and thinking that it was all on my shoulders. When scripture actually says that um, Jesus's yoke is easy and light and, and that he takes on those burdens that we have. And, and that was something that I wasn't letting him do. And so this temptation where Satan is going to Jesus and saying, um, you could have that influence and authority right now. Just, just go do it. And then you won't have to go through the next few years. Um, that's hard work. And so um, I found myself in a position where I was trying to be a good steward and try to speed up that influence um, before it was time. And, and I was starting to rely on that influence too, which I think is the third temptation. And so um, okay, so then of course Jesus answered, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So he recognized very quickly that he was being tested in this and that um, he knew that he needed to wait on God's timing and that God was an authority um, and that he needed to, to wait on that um, and the timing and the way that it needed to happen. So the last one, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain. So again, he's taking him even higher, a much bigger perspective um, to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all of this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. 
And this is the temptation I think a lot of us um, get tempted with, and that is the temptation of success and the temptation to have it all. Um, Jesus, again, we could go into a whole theological discussion on what was going on with him and his um, messianic calling. But really here, when we relate to it, or at least the way that I relate to it, um, what's been on my mind lately is really seeing how there's a temptation to um, be successful and what success looks like. Um, It's a temptation to be filled with pride. And I really want to be careful with this because the biggest point that I think that I want to make and what I've seen in my own life and what I see um, across the community of military and first responder families is that we are caring people. We wouldn't be in these jobs if we didn't um, have a sense of loyalty to our country and to our community. If we didn't have a sense of compassion for other people and um, the suffering of other people. And I know that as military spouses and first responder spouses, that we have like this feeling of an extension of our spouse, that when they're out there actually serving their community, that there's a part of us that also wants to participate in serving the community as well. And so we do those things that are kind of in support of our spouse. And so we find ourselves volunteering and starting nonprofits and doing things in the community as well and all of those things are wonderful and I'm not saying that we shouldn't do them what I am saying though is that we need to be very careful that we don't find ourselves in a position where we are giving more to the community than we're giving to our family if you are giving your best to everyone else your family is getting the leftovers then we're not giving our best to who we're actually called to serve to begin with And so this temptation to um, be filled with pride, this temptation to be successful, whether that's successful in volunteering or giving or serving the community or being seen as somebody who serves in the community, um, to be somebody who is seen as successful, to be handed over. You know, I hear for military spouses, when you live a life where you're feeling resentment in your heart and you have kind of revolved around your service member most of your marriage, and then you kind of get to this place where you're ready to have your own career and you have these thoughts of, you know, I just want to see what it's like for him to revolve around me for a while. And then you get that little taste of success. And and then you're like, no, this is, I'm succeeding and I want to succeed even more. And I'm going to have to ask you to revolve around me even more. And it's that temptation to do good things, whether it's success or um, in your company is succeeding, um, whether it's the success of being good or doing good or being seen as somebody who does good, um, this is a very strong temptation. And so I see across the board, our community, we have a very difficult time setting good boundaries and saying no to ourselves. Yes, we need to say no to others and to other opportunities, but we have to learn how to say no to ourselves first to say, and I think Jesus had to do that here. I think Jesus had to be able to say, you know what? I am. I feel tempted to be who I'm supposed to be early, or I'm tempted to be and play out in the world Um, You know, it would have been an easy out for Jesus to take that third temptation. He wouldn't have had to die on the cross. He wouldn't have had to go through suffering. He could have skipped all of that if he would have just in that moment said, okay, Satan, you're giving me the easy way. You're going to give it all to me now and I can skip over all of the tough stuff. And all of us would love that. I totally get it. Um, Sometimes the easy way out is presented to us by you know what, the success of the world or the success of your job is going to feel so good that that's the way you should go. It feels really good to be successful, doesn't it? Especially when you've struggled with your career, you know, again and again and again. It's 
it is hard work and it is sacrifice and it is suffering sometimes to say no to success and what feels good because of who you need to be for your spouse and who you need to be for your family and to say, no, I can't have all of that right now because of what my family is going to have to sacrifice to have it. And so that is sacrifice and that is tough. And we have to say no to ourselves. We have to sacrifice our own pride, sacrifice our own desire for that success, sacrifice that entitlement that says it's my turn, right? And I didn't have really strong a lot of those feelings, but I did have this really good feeling of success. Like, wow, things are really rolling and it feels good to have that that to not have to struggle with my career quite so much. And so that tempted me to want to do the next thing or it just felt like, okay, things are succeeding. So I guess I just keep going in this direction. And again, I would put this stamp on it that says, surely this must be from God because it's a good thing. Um, Or it wouldn't be coming at me this way, you know? And that was a mistake on my part. And I think it was a lot subconscious. I think that I um, wasn't actually saying to myself that this is totally from God, but I found myself wondering, you know, would all these good things, not good opportunities be happening if God didn't want me to do them? And um, I look back now and I go, I think there was a lot of things that I did and participated in that God was okay with me doing them. Um, But I could almost see him sitting back and going, you know what, Um, you you chose to do them and I was with you through them. Um, I I don't know if it was um, as important as you put on it to be. Um, And I think that he was probably like, you know, you could have said no to that and it would have been fine. And you probably would have been a whole lot less burned out, but definitely don't put a stamp on it and say say that I told you to do it. Um, And so I see him kind of taking a step back and letting me go through that so that I can learn that about myself. Because um, I can now say, having gone through some of the sabbatical, I can now say I have kind of stripped away um, all the things that I didn't need to have my hands in. And believe me, there is that temptation to want to be involved in those things because a lot of these projects and a lot of these things that I was doing involved really good friends of mine and I wanted them to succeed. And so it was really hard for me to take a step back and go, I could help you succeed with this or I could help you um, get your dream off the ground, but at what cost? Because I'm exhausted and at the end of the day, it's your dream, not mine. And so it was, it's a really hard thing to say no to people when they're either counting on you or wouldn't, or need that help. And so Um, I really had to strip all of that away so that I could have the clarity to go, okay, what is actually in my life that I'm responsible for? I want to be, yes, a good steward of what's been actually given to me and take care of and be responsible for the things that I'm actually responsible for. And then after I kind of do that for a while and let things settle down for a little bit, then I'll be able to know what am I actually needing to say yes to? What is it like to have a life where I have enough room to be a mom? Um, I didn't even realize that I was making the same meals over and over and over again with no creativity um, because I didn't have any creative brain power left. And that was a good sign that I was giving a lot more to the world than I was giving to my family. And they were so gracious. I don't even know if they actually noticed it until the day that I made something creative. And they're like, well, this is new. (laughs) And that's when I kind of woke up too. And so... I think my message to all of you is this. Um, I always want to be vulnerable and share with you the things that I'm learning in my life. Um, 
I'm so thankful for scripture that can show me that Jesus knows what it's like to go through the things that we go through and that he has modeled for us how we can walk the path that he walked. And we're not God. And thank goodness we're not God. So there are some things that only Jesus can do. But his whole point of coming here was to show us that he truly does understand our world. And now more than ever, I'm able to um, look into um, Jesus's life and really be able to say, um, okay, you know what this temptation is like, and I'm not good at it, and I don't know how to say no to the things I need to say no to, and to also realize that the enemy is after me, and he's after you too because he would love to burn you out and drive you into the ground so that he can drive a wedge between your marriage. And if he can get you tired and resentful, then he will. Because if you're tired and resentful, you're not going to connect in your marriage. And if you don't connect in your marriage, then your family falls apart. And and then somehow some of you will blame it on God. Um, and then you're farther away from God. And then he wins. He wins. And so it begins with how do we take a good look at our lives and see how many things we're saying yes to because we think it's from God or maybe it's just feels good to say yes to good things when it's really powerful and okay for us to say no to good things that good things can actually pull us away from our purpose and our first purpose is our relationship with God our second purpose is our relationship to the family and to the people that we have uh, that God has given us in our lives to actually take care of and then after that is to whoever he's called you to be in your community, in, into our culture. And that if we have that flipped, we're going to find ourselves burned out because we're not God and we were never meant to do that by ourselves. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for letting me be vulnerable with you and share my life and what I'm learning. I know I have a lot more to learn, um, but it's been a great ride. It's been something I've really enjoyed having you guys walk alongside me with. I don't know what's going to happen in the next month and how many episodes I'll be able to put, put out, but I guarantee you that I will put out episodes that I believe are, um, are good quality episodes that are on topics that I think that you would relate to. And um, first and foremost, the quality of that is more important to me than whether or not I'm consistent. So um, thanks again for um, listening to the podcast, and I will see you next time.